First Peter chapter 1, I shifted my sermon from, I was going to preach on Psalms, and uh, my wife sent me a, a word of encouragement on First Peter chapter 1. I sat on the plane today, and he just, just started speaking to my heart, and I just want to share with you, it's so in, in line uh, with where we're at in this season. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word that gives light. I thank you for your word. It's living and active. Separate soul and spirit. I pray for any distraction to be lifted off of ears and minds. Just pray for fresh focus for everyone here these last few minutes together. Speak forth what you want spoken forth, Lord. Here I am, weak vessel. All I can do is what you do through me, Lord. And I pray that you would open ears, that they would hear your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. First Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves or your souls by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For, Isaiah 40 says, all flesh, all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. First thing that I really just want to focus on tonight, this is the crux of it. Think with me, what leads to purifying your soul? It is not hearing the truth, is it? Hearing the truth doesn't do anything for you. Purification of soul comes by obeying the truth. That's it. Okay, go home. Good luck. Obey. That'll preach. That's the, that's the main thing. Our soul is messed up. We, we got mixture in our soul. I don't know if you noticed, but after you got saved, you still had a stained brain and your mind and emotions were a little bit messed up. So we got some mixture in our soul. What leads to the purification is simple obedience. Only obeying. What's wrong with our soul in the first place? It's the second question. Why, why do we have mixture in the first place in our soul? And before we answer that, step back with me one second to think about our makeup. We are a tripart being, according to the scripture, spirit, soul, and body, three Greek words for life. We have bios life from biology. It's, it's our flesh that we have. We have zoe life, which is the life of God in our spirit. And then we have suke life, which is where psychology comes from. We have, we have our mind, will, and emotions. And God's desire is that there would be life sanctification for the whole tripart man. That's what he wants. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, 
be sanctified through and through spirit, soul, and body. The Lord's after life and life abundantly, not just in one area. My spirit has been washed clean. When I said yes to Jesus Christ, he came in and sealed me with the spirit. Why does no? My soul is being sanctified. It's being transformed from glory to glory. And my body, though wasting away, will soon be made new on that great day. We all know that, just as a recap. What's wrong and mixed up and impure about my soul in the first place that would need purification. Well, my soul is, was really out of control. The soul blew up in the Garden of Eden when we took our first bright of the fruit from the knowledge of the good, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We, be, we became like God in that I chose to be my own God. I became like God in that I said, I will take for myself all of my, dis- I will choose for myself all of, my, all of my life. I'll take it from you. And so my eyes of my soul were opened. Remember, we saw that we were naked and we saw that, that we, were, we, we felt ashamed. And when the eyes of my soul got opened, the eyes of my spirit went dark. And so they closed because I died. I took that fruit and I died where physically, no, in my Zoe life. I died in the life of God. It died in my spirit man inside. So I chose something for myself to become like God. And then when I became my own God, mixture and chaos ruled the day. And so I don't know if you've noticed it, but sometimes your emotions are out of control. It's not how you were designed. It's not how I was designed to be ruled and reigned by our emotions. I'm up today and down tomorrow. That's abnormal. That's absolutely backwards. My will, I keep doing things that I know are bad for me. Why? That's out of control. That's chaos and anarchy. That's actually hurting me. Why is that? It's because we're out of the normal designed place for us because we took that apple. We all know that. So our soul has got this mixture in it. Solution. Well, number one, we have to go to the next verse to see what he said past tense. Verse 23, you have been born again. So he's kind of going backwards as he goes forward. And so the solution is that I have to be made alive spiritually first. You have been born again. So I'm talking to believers here. So my, it says the The word of God is how I got saved. How? Through the living and enduring, living and active. You got to think Ephesians or Hebrews 4 there with me. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. How did I get saved? Well, the word of God came, the logos word of God is what it says here, and it pierced my soul and spirit, and I realized I've got a problem, and it divided my soul from my spirit, and I was able to receive the gospel. Praise the Lord. That's how I got saved. That's how you got saved. I responded to the word of God. Jesus Christ, his blood, washed me whiter than snow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But my soul is not purified at this point in the, in the story. So, but first of all, I have to be saved. The, you remember the Logos word is the constant written word of God. The Logos word is different from the Rhema. And interestingly enough here, he mentions Rhema right after this. 
Peter uses the word in two different ways in the same passage, and that's really helpful for us. So the constant written word is then combined with the rhema, where he says, all people are like grass, glory is like the flower of the field, grass withers, flowers fall, but the rhema of the Lord endures forever. And this rhema was preached to you. Rhema, as opposed to the constant written word, rhema is the instant utterance of God's personal living voice to us, right? I got the Logos word right here. It's never changing. Rhema is dependent on the circumstance how God chooses that. Now, oftentimes God uses, a lot of the time, God uses the Logos word in the Rhema. He'll light up a scripture to me, right? He'll, he'll, say, he'll say, go. Okay, for instance, I'm getting ready to go to Colorado. The reason I was having a, pro- a hard time deciding whether I should go this last week is I kept getting weather reports saying there's going to be two feet of snow on Friday in Denver. I'll be locked in. I won't be here on Saturday to preach. Common sense says don't fly to Colorado. I pause. I wait. First thing that comes in my mind is the Logos word where he says, do not consider the clouds. Remember that? I think it's in Ecclesiastes. He who who considers the clouds will never sow. Like, oh, it might rain, so I'll just stay in the house and I won't do anything. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. That's an example of the Lord using the Logos in a Ramah situation. Brian then came in and confirmed that. We went, and as I'm sitting on the tarmac today in DIA, the first snow flurries start coming down because the Lord held the snow off to get me back here. Yay, aren't you guys so glad I'm not stuck in Denver? That's great. The rhema word is how we subjectively know God personally and experientially. I don't have a scripture that says, leave this job and go to that job. I don't have it. But what I do have is a shepherd, and I know his voice, and he speaks to me. He leads me. Brian's up here, crazy Brian. Stop by. And then the Lord says, listen to this. And the Lord said, go here. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I was sensitized to the rhema word of the Lord in his life, and we practice that, right? The Logos word is how we objectively know God's character and his ways. I know this is a refresher up to this point, guys. Hang with me. So we always, always, always base the rhema word off the logos word. Yes, we know that. Anything that doesn't square with the logos is not a good rhema word. Always has to square with logos. So first of all, what's the solution to our soul problem? Be saved for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Secondly, what do we do now as Christians? Well, secondly, we purify our soul by our obedience. Now this is where I'm getting to the crux of it. So so stick with me. Matthew chapter 16, go, go there with me just for a moment. You remember this. What does this look like for believers? So we said yes to Jesus, been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says this, whoever wants to be, in verse 24, my disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny their soul or themselves that who, who makes up them, this is how we make that our makeup. This is what separates me from my brother Andy is our soul. Yeah, we look different, but I've got a different soul than he does. I've got to deny myself and take up my cross and follow after Jesus. Verse 25, for whoever wants to save their soul life or suke life, it says here, will lose it. But whoever loses their soul life for me, will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? 
Okay, so we have to take a step of obedience. We have to take up our cross because the math equation has to balance, okay? So when we ate the apple and our spiritualized clothes, we were made spiritually dead and our soul was made way, 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 way too much alive where now my soul is dictating everything I do and say and feel. Well, the math equation, right, Joanne, has to balance. And so now what happens? Well, for me to be made spiritually alive... My soul has to die. All right, let's do that again. So when I died in the garden, my spirit went black. My soul went alive, way too alive. I was directed by whatever I wanted to be. As God of my own life, I was directed by my mind, will, and emotion. Now that I've come into Christ, my spirit's been made alive and my soul must be put to death. It's the only way. Soul is not bad, by the way. Your soul is a good thing. Your mind, will, and emotions sanctified, purified. That's what the Lord is after. He has no room for your good ideas and opinions. No room for that. That all must be put to death. Oh, don't you hate that? It just stinks when, when you, you have to go apologize because the Lord's in your soul with a dagger. Or, or when you're crying out for grace or you're crying out for deliverance from the thorn, and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And that difficult relationship stays in your life because he says, we're getting the soul put to death. Work with me. I love you. I love you. I love you. We got to push this down because your spirit's been made alive. And all of a sudden, bam, there's sanctification that comes. It's not like you're perfect forever, but all of a sudden there's victory won and your soul now follows your spirit around like an obedient puppy, right? Like an obedient puppy. And so when Jesus says, pray, we say to our body, pray. When our body says, I'm hungry, feed me. But Jesus is saying fast. We say, fast. I'm going to beat you into submission. You'll obey me, body. That's what we do. I'm scared to go talk to that person. What if they think I'm a lunatic to share the gospel? Jesus says, go share my love with them. And we say, yes, we're going to get over our fear. We're going to go do that. A simple step of obedience. Now listen to what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says about obedience. One act of obedience is better than 100 sermons. Obedience is an act of faith. Disobedience is a result of unbelief. Say it again. You're walking by faith when you say yes to the obedient call that the Lord has in you. When you say yes to what he's told you to do, that's an act of faith. That's not you working hard for the Lord. That's you taking a step. Your lack of obedience, your disobedience is a result of your unbelief and my unbelief that the Lord is who he says he is. It's a big deal. One step of obedience clears the air of fog and confusion every time. Every time. One act of obedience is better than a hundred sermons. Anything you can do for the Lord. He said, sacrifice and offering I don't desire. To obey is better than sacrifice. Just do what I told you to do. And, and I'll move you where you need to go. We're going to bear a ton of fruit together. You just abide in me. You just don't disobey. Now, guys, don't hear that like, I'm going to hit you with a big stick if you disobey because I'm a mean father. He's like, no, I love you. 
I want the best for you. I don't want you to be overcome with your emotions and ruled and reigned by your old soul. I want you to be purified. Okay, so step one, we have to be made spiritual alive. Step two, we have to obey. We have to take up our cross and follow after him. The math equation has to balance. And here we go. Finish this off here. Step three. Now, verse 22, go back to 22 with me. Now that you have purified your souls by obeying the truth. Remember John 17, 17? Sanctify them in truth. What is truth? Your, let's try it again. There you go. Sanctify them in truth, Jesus prays. Your word is truth. Okay, just as a reminder. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, now it's possible for you to, or now you can have sincere love for each other. That's what that passage says. Now, since you've purified your souls by obeying the truth, now y'all can start loving one another. Now you actually have the ability to love one another. So what this passage is saying is purity of soul empowers our love for each other. And what he's saying here is, you cannot love one another truly and completely. And he uses the word sincere here. You cannot have sincere, like, I've got your back. I'll die for you. And I cry when I see you because I've missed you so much this last week. Love for each other. Unless you've purified your soul by your obedience to the truth. And that's what God's after. He's not after a pat on the back, hey, how you doing? If, if you need something, give me a call. He's like, no, I'm for you. You're my brother and sister. I've got love for you. This is how God's building his church, living stone to living stone. He's building it as a place where he can dwell and love is in his house. Fourth, it's the last one. Now it's possible for you to have sincere love for each other. Now that you have this love, then he says what? Love one another deeply from the heart. Now that you have it, act on it. Okay? So you see the progression. You have to actually go down to 23 to start off. You have to be saved by the Word of God, the Logos Word. You go back up to 22. Then when you're saved, then you have this purification of your soul through your obedience. When you do that, then you can start to love each other sincerely. You have that love. And then fourthly, now we act on it. Now, if you have that love, demonstrate it, show it, express it. Why? Why would we do this? And then we just go right on down to verse 23. Well, because you've been born again. This is what Christians do. This is what the real church looks like. Look at John 13, 34 with me real quick. Got that up there. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Oh my goodness, as Jesus loved me, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is what he's doing. Winds of change are coming. He's building the church in El Dorado and beyond. And he says, the law of the land in my house is love. 
and I want you to love one another. Y'all can't do it if your eyes are focused on yourself. And this is why the cross is so important. If I've got an impure, I've got a mixed soul, my focus is on me, myself, and I. If I've got the cross bearing down on my soul and I'm dying to myself, my focus can go outward and say, what do you need, sister and brother? What can I do for you? It was not beneath Jesus to put a towel on and serve. Therefore, how can I serve you? But without the cross, our soul is mixed up and we've got our focus back on ourselves. Why do we demonstrate this love? Because we're Christians. Only disciples who take up their cross and follow Jesus can truly express this kind of love. The love where Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you love one another. And I, I say this to say this. I say that to say this. Um, I, I preached weeks ago about do as, as much as you can, do good to all people, especially those in the household of faith. And there's something to be said for just stepping out and giving yourself in an intentional way, in fellowship and community, and blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. There's something that's released when we do that that is very, very special in God's sight. It's a pleasing aroma to Him. And I'm just telling you prophetically, there's more of that coming for us. There's more coming. Winds of change are coming. The dam's about to break. And I'm telling you, we've got some folks that need love. Yeah, People here, yeah, we need love. We got some folks in this town that need to be loved on. But it's not just love, like I said, patch on. This is like a Jesus type of love for them. And we can only do that, I believe, by walking this out according to what the scripture says. It's like, oh my, like my focus on myself has got to be shifted to otherliness here. And that has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can do that. So, yay. Love one another. Give yourselves to one another wholly and completely. Let's stand, if we would, guys. We'll pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this good night you've given us here, Lord. Testimonies, Lord. Worship. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would teach us to stay in step with the Holy Spirit this week, Lord. Lord, we want to walk as sons of God. We want to walk as royalty. And so I pray, Father, that you would help us to react in obedience to your voice, Lord. We want to be an obedient people, Lord. We, we, we want to say yes. So, so I pray you would help us, Lord. And I just want you to pause with me if you would. What's the one thing? What's the one thing? The Lord said, this is what obedience to the truth looks like for you. To make that call, to speak to that person, to give that up, to confess that, to deny yourself, Whatever it looks like, it's different for each one of us. And the Lord, you know, when he, when he gives a command, he gives the grace to go with the command. His commands are not burdensome. What's the one thing for you? 
So Lord, I pray you'd reveal it now. And I pray that whatever you've said to each person in here, Lord, I pray that they would obey the truth, Lord. And I pray in so doing, there would be a clarity in their mind, will, and emotions, Lord. Clearly speak to them, Lord. And I pray in so doing this, Lord, I pray that you would increase our love for one another, God. I pray, Lord, we'd see an expression of your love, Lord, in El Dorado that we've never seen or heard about before. True clothing of humility for everybody here, God. You're so good to us. I thank you for the good things that you have in store, Lord, as a body of Christ here, Lord. I think of this transition coming up in Easter, Lord. I'm asking, would you bless it, Lord? Would you pour out your spirit in a new way? I pray, Lord, we just agree together that you would break out, Lord, in this city. That the dam would break out, Lord. I pray that your water would flow in this city, God. Lord, we want to see the lost saved, Lord. We want to see the prodigals come home, God. Bring the prodigals home, Lord. I pray, Father, for the the babies in the faith, Lord. I'm asking for those that need the milk right now, the pure spiritual milk of the word. Feed them, Lord. I pray for the meat of the word. Let it come forth, Lord, to those mature in the faith. That I pray for a healthy, whole body of Christ here in Eldorado, Kansas, Lord. Build your church here, God. Build your church, God. Oh man, I can't not do this. Alita Poffenbarger, would you come up here, sister, please? I've been, I just think about it all night. So honored to have Alita here. Jim here with us. I love these guys so much. I saw them pull up. I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray for us. Whatever's on your heart, pray for the church as you feel led. Lord, we just want to be honest with you. We want to have our hearts, yes, pure and honest. You require honesty, Lord. So I pray that we will walk honestly with you. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us be honest. There's something about that that you love, honesty. You respond to our honest hearts. Lord, I just pray over these acts of obedience right now at these steps of obedience. I pray that we will walk in step with you. When we need to go and ask forgiveness from our husband or our wives, that you would help us to humble ourselves and do that. When we need to forgive those closest to us for the things they've done that have hurt us that we didn't expect them to do, the pain, Lord, of our heart, I pray that you will give us the strength to do that. Yep. I pray that we would have an honest, devoted, simple love for you mm. in everything we do, Lord. That we wouldn't be putting on an act mm. in front of anybody, Lord, even especially our family members, mm. Lord. That we would walk honestly before you, fervently before you, in love with you and wanting to bring you glory. Mm. Lord, we need a genuine, authentic relationship with you. And I pray that as we come here, that we won't um, be putting on any kind of uh, face before others, 
that the inside of us would be purer than the outside of us. Lord, take all hypocrisy out of us. Hmm. I know all these things are possible because of your Holy Spirit. I pray he will rule and reign in us, Hmm. Lord. I'm so thankful for that song a while ago um, that we sang about searching for you, Lord. We search for you in the night. We search for you in the day, at at breakfast when the sun rises, at noon and in the afternoon and in the evening. We're searching for you, Lord, and you love it. You delight in that. Mm. You delight when we pursue you. Because first you pursued us. Lord, I pray that the foundation of our relationship will be your love for us. You've been bringing that so home to my heart. I've been clinging to your love for me. Because I need it through the deep trials that you're putting us through, Lord. Your love for me. You're the one that gives us a song in the night. Mm. Jesus, you sang a hymn on your way to the cross. It's amazing. That's amazing to me, Lord. Give us a song. Give us joy this week as we look forward to living for you and denying ourselves and dying on that cross. Lord, thank you for the joy you do give us. Oh, we praise you and thank you for your goodness to us. You're so wonderful, Lord. What would we do without you in this life? Thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for what all you've done for us. We praise you and bless your holy name. Amen. 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 Amen.